Hey everybody and welcome back to another episode of Black Belt or Bust. I'm Misty and I'm Keely and today we have the notorious that I've probably mentioned one too many times Jessica Catherine Buckner. I know I keep saying dog <laughs> even though you've been married for like two years now. I keep always going Jessica Three Catherine. years. Oh yeah. We're coming How was that? Yeah. How did I forget this? Uh, I don't know. It snuck up on me too, but we are coming up on three years in like two weeks. <laughs> so for those of you that don't know, because I think I've talked about every rank that you've had so far, because I, I met you whenever you were a purple belt and you soon got your brown belt immediately after that. And for those of you that don't know, because I think I shared it on all of my social media, she had just gotten her black belt. So now we get yeah. black belt, Jessica. Um, she has over 10 years of experience in martial arts, again, as a black belt, but she's also a black belt in Taekwondo, third degree black belt, right? Oh, yes. In addition to doing kickboxing, Muay Thai, and is also an administrative assistant. And then one thing that she didn't put on her bio sketch that I really want to let her talk about is that she also does the walk for Alzheimer's and she runs a huge platform to be able to do those kind of fundraiser events year round. Um, and at some point in today's episode, I really want you to take a couple minutes just to talk about that and how people can get involved in that because I think it's awesome that you orchestrate all of that on <laughs> everything that you have going on. Dan Kamara agrees. <laughs> yeah. yeah, of course. So thank you, thank you, thank you for being yeah. on the show. I know I've been excited about it. Missy knows I've been excited about it. Yeah, and I've been wanting to talk to you, and I tell David all the time, I'm like, I want to go train with Jessica. Can you see from Jessica? I want to go train with her. David's like, Sunday. <laughs> yeah, so, so yesterday, yesterday we're literally in the cold tub and I was like, yeah, we have Jessica's interview tomorrow. And he's like, well, tell that big head I'm going to beat her up. Yeah. I miss David. Every time I hear y'all talk about the gym and everything, I'm like, I just want to go up there and train. You know, we, hey, I have a guest bedroom. You've seen it in all of the recordings. So that's where we're recording. <laughs> we have a guest bedroom with you. Matt would have come up. Because Hoppa would love to have you up yes. too. Yes. Because yeah. oh, even though we've place. got like over 16 black belts in the area, none of them are around at the same time. Oh. <laughs> And then we have been lucky enough that That's the closest funny. female black belt is Caitlin. So she's only about 45 hour away. But to yeah. have another woman, I know she would be excited about that too. Yeah. She's got. That would be so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We'll definitely have to plan a trip up that way. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. So, how has it felt since getting your black belt? Did you know it was coming? I yeah. did not know that it was coming. Um, oh, we knew that it was coming. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. How did everybody else know? Okay, but we're around David. So, yeah. David'll just be like, "Yeah, they're gonna get their belt about this time." <laughs> but he didn't tell me when. Yeah. Because I, I angry texted him and I was like, "Did you know it was happening tonight?" And he was just like, "I knew it was happening eventually." Uh, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. So uh, it was planned pre-COVID, and then I stopped training mid-March for a few months, and then when I came back. Um, it was really funny. So like, we're just, we're doing class or whatever. And then towards the end, uh, Randall comes up who owns the gym in Clinton. And I'm like, that's, that's funny. Cause he never visits the Flowood gym unless there is a special occasion. <laughs> I was like, I wonder why he's here. But I was like, oh, maybe he's just stopping by and like 
really dropping something off to Bex or whatever. And, uh, but yeah, then um, me and uh, Floyd, we both got promoted to Black Belt. And it was... He's in his 50s, isn't he? He is in his 60s. in his 60s. I knew he was up there. (laughs) He, and he is amazing. (laughs) I think the last time I was at the Clinton location with you, I was able to meet him then when he was, I think he had just gotten his brown belt, Mm -hmm. maybe, or had been a brown belt. I don't know, but I got, I know I got to meet him before he got his black belt. Yeah, he is awesome and trains all the time. Sorry. The little one. No, you're fine. We, we're always filmed in front of a, or not filmed, recording well, in I front mean, of we, a live. We technically are filmed right now. <laughs> in front of a live studio audience always. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you a question. Um, okay. So now that you have a black belt, do you have other goals or things you want to pursue now that it's like, hey, I got this like really awesome milestone out of the way. Now there are other things I want to try and go for. You know what I mean? Like, like outside of jujitsu or jujitsu or even with jujitsu. Okay. What was that? I'm sorry. That, I'm gonna or even like just one. outside of martial arts. Because yeah. I've been seeing some things lately with um other black belts and sometimes it's with like the female black belts where they're pursuing other hobbies or you see them do other things now that they've gotten like you know titles that you know they've pursued the black belt now they're there what other things they do to have like that balance in their life do you have anything like that so while I could not train jujitsu I picked up golf (laughs) (laughs) and that kind of like helped me with like that need for competition just and you know how jujitsu you're you it's a mental game also as well as like physical so golf is very much the same you have to have the right mental aspect you have to have the right technique you have to have that timing and the only way you can get better is like more practice and more practice and so that's kind of that kind of helped me when I because like I did not train jiu-jitsu for like several months before I got my black belt and um so the golf was really the golf. <laughs> so golfing. <laughs> I, I just remember like one of two things. You were either on the green with Matt or you yeah. were doing kettlebell workouts with Veronica. Yes, Those I was also, yeah. <laughs> I was also working out. <laughs> um, He's like so gorgeous. With, yeah, with, gorgeous. Uh, doing like kettlebell workouts, hit workouts, running, um, just trying to stay in shape. So, I didn't, because there was about a week when, so I had to work, start working from home in March, and then I stopped training, and I just completely did nothing. I didn't train, I didn't go out and run, and I was like, I can't, I can't do this. (laughs) I got to do something, and so we started working out together, because she lives about a block away from me, so we would just meet up and do that, and um then I would play golf and so yeah but I would love to get really good at golf and 
uh, be able to break 100 and all of that. But I would also really, really love to go to like Masters Worlds or just Worlds in general and compete um, at Black Belt. That would be fun. Yeah. So what weight class are you in now? I know like this is probably like post-COVID, not a good question. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, so I guess I would be uh, Feather before I was competing. Um, I did Feather at the New Orleans Open right before <laughs> I feel like the dogs on every interview we've done want to be involved more than the people. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hi, Lily. Did you pick your human? He interrupted a handful of my interviews uh, in meetings this week. Yeah. I had one with all the graduate students for work, and it was like 6 p.m., and then all of a sudden the cat just keeps popping up and then our chair starts using examples about herding cats. And he's like, I'm sorry, Keely, it's just your kitty just keeps making me think of this analogy. And so he keeps telling all of us I'm herding cats. And I was like, yeah. And, they, and I was like, this is Lily. And everybody was like, oh, she's so cute. And I was like, no, that's a boy. Right. Then I, I had to explain to all of my coworkers, this is a boy. <laughs> Notice the cat. More good now. She's like looking out the window, waiting for someone to just pop in. <laughs> I had to put the puppy up. He was just—he's too much today. Yeah. And then the other one is passed out on the floor, probably waiting to get her out from retreat. Yeah. <laughs> hey, couch. Okay, so coming from you hadn't trained for seven months and you were a brown belt and you weren't expecting to get your black belt because you didn't know it was coming up even though all of us knew it was coming up how did it feel coming back into the gym after so much time up and being an upper rank female did you have the i lost my jiu-jitsu the panic of how am i going to deal with these people that might have been doing underground jiu-jitsu the whole time and dealing with them yeah. especially since you are smaller how was that mental aspect coming back into it so at first I was really worried. I was like, I've lost all my jujitsu. Oh my gosh, I'm going to suck. I'm not going to know how to get out of side control, <laughs> you know, but, um, you know, I rolled that night and I felt really good about it, you know? Um, and then, I mean, I kept training and rolling with different people and I would feel just very um, spot on, I guess, with what I really wanted to do. There were some things that I felt like I lost my timing on a little bit, but overall, I was like, I really didn't, you know, it really didn't affect me that much, not training as much as I thought it did. I don't know if that has something to do with, like, I was still working out and, you know, trying to stay in shape, which I'm sure that had a lot to do with it. Um, but like technique wise, you know, I felt pretty solid and I was like, well, okay. I mean, I guess, I guess I was ready. <laughs> so I know, do you have any other questions just in general? Well, I know we it's kind of like, I don't want to jump all over the place. I just don't want to forget my question because I didn't write them down. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm the type, he leaves the type A to my type B. Like, this is why we work. We do so well. Like, I can't do it. I've got my notes. And she, 
She, we, well, we, and we also haven't figured out if she's more Slytherin or Ravenclaw. But I'm a Hufflepuff. Okay, so, so, so <laughs> the reason we say that is because David is just like, I'm Gryffindor. That's end of story. And you're like, yes, I respect that. <laughs> and she keeps, she keeps going, what do y'all think I am? And we're like, you're a Hufflepuff. Yeah, you're a Hufflepuff. I've taken the test like five times. I'm a Hufflepuff every And test. I haven't, I haven't taken it in a while. I always puffed up Ravenclaw. But Brian is a Ravenclaw because he, and we were trying to debate whether he would be the Slytherin or I would be the Slytherin because part of it is that they're like witty and cunning. sly yeah. and cunning and I'm more that than he is. So I'm like, oh, yeah. I wanted to be a Ravenclaw. Well, and now I might be a Slytherin. And Hufflepuffs and Slytherins have really they good, have good friendships. friendships. So I'm like, maybe you are a little bit more Slytherin. So again, the type A to my type B. But hey, I do look so, good in green. Know, yeah. So I'm not mad at all. So we'll get the Slytherin to my Hufflepuff. But well, anyways, now I want to know, what are you, Jessica? Yeah, what, what is you? your Harry Potter or your Hogwarts house? I have no idea. I haven't taken the test. Ah. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like she would be so, a what, what, what do you think? I feel like you'd be a little Hufflepuff. <laughs> You're really good at kind of the glue between people. And I mean that in that you're able to like keep that positive outlook. And especially whenever you were teaching those ladies classes in Mississippi, you were very good at including everybody and being able to get the people who were a little bit more shy involved, the people who were a little bit more boisterous to calm down. And that's, a, that's an aspect I see in Misty where she's very good at being able to kind of work a room, control the atmosphere, but make sure that it's in a, like a positive outlook. And like, I, that's why I love like you both, because <laughs> those are things where I'm sitting over here like doing like, I am a Slytherin. But, <laughs> but you check people. I can't. Yeah. You check people. <laughs> like, well, and I do want to talk about like being a smaller female now that you're a black belt. Um, because every time I am around, well, there's only like one small female black belt that I know, but what are things you find yourself constantly refining for your size? So like you saying like, oh, I'm great. I'm not going to get out of side control. Me, I'm like, you're a black belt. You should get out of like everything. <laughs> side control. And I know that's not necessarily true. She's not the shit. Okay, Hufflepuff, not good of anything. <laughs> But um, thing, right? Like, do you find yourself in certain positions? So, like, is it guard retention, certain guards, you know, side control again, and now, you know, escaping mount? Have you found yourself through each belt in each rank trying to refine those certain escapes or maintaining certain those positions? So I feel like at every belt, I was trying to work on my guard in some way because I felt like I would get past um, and then I would find myself inside control. So just working guard retention or just uh, guard like sweeps, things like that um, to work off my back because I found myself there a lot and then I just got really comfortable and then I was just like I'm gonna pull guard <laughs> so um that's one of the things that I found myself working on constantly at probably every build um just because everyone had a different way to pass 
Um, so I had to find different guards that I like that worked well for me. Um, but I do prefer to be on top. To Did pass you feel like your top. preference for what style of guard changed over the years? Or do you still have kind of, I know you love spider. Is it more of like you still have the same love for that guard or you're like, I see the advantages of this guard, but I actually favor this one more. Um, I still play a lot of spider guard. <laughs> um, didn't change probably from like, yeah, probably from like purple belt to now I still play like a whole lot of spider and, uh, yeah. I, and then, that's it. <laughs> that leads me to another question. So I know that I'm being told that I have to work certain guards because they're part of my game. One, they're just part of my overall game. Two, beneficial for my size. But when you're rolling with heavier, more aggressive people, because where I'm at as a blue belt is I've got that little target you know, you've got those people who see it and they're like, I've got something to prove and she's tiny. So I need an ego boost. But my thoughts is like, no, you're not getting your ego boost today by um, being aggressive and being an asshole. So what have you found a really good places? So even if it's not spider, because it's hard to do spider with someone that's just like coming at you. Like, I'm like, yeah, let me see if I can do this for competition. No, like, what are ways you keep yourself safe with those kind of guides or people? aggressors? Yeah, just aggressors, aggressors at that point. Yeah. So a lot of times I try and get them in closed guard and I feel like, hey, calm down. That way I can kind of start working on, you know, simple things like chokes, cross collar chokes. Um, <clears throat> and then sometimes I'll find myself like really placing like my feet on the hips as opposed to like their arms just to kind of keep them at bay. Um, that kind of thing. And then I, a lot of times I realize like I really have to get out from underneath this person. So working to like the back or really working for a submission that I know I can get um, on them. Yeah, that's, and I think so. that's been more of my approach, and I just wasn't sure if it was, like, the right way to do it, because I can't. I was going to say, now I got an off topic, so. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I remember what we were talking about the other day, so in a couple of instances when we're doing situationals, it'll be, if we're in a room where there's a lot of other upper ranks, where there'll be, like, black belts, brown belts, and we're the ones that are in the center for situationals, on top of the fact that we're the smallest, we're among that group of individuals the lowest rank so the other individuals who aren't in at the time who could be like white and blue belts especially the bigger guys rather than going for the other upper ranks knowing they're gonna get their ass kicked they come to us thinking oh i can just kind of like smash and pass and when we're in for such a large period of time sometimes it's the mentality of like oh i can technically deal with this and other times where like I'll see who's next and I'm like that's a more technical role and if a guy's just being very aggressive and just I, I can tell that they're trying to hurt me sometimes it's like a, I'm just gonna let you pass so I don't hurt myself just so you leave and I don't have to yeah. I don't have to do this <laughs> with you anymore what is your 
like opinion of that? Like, is that how you would kind of handle a situation or would you, I know I talked to David, no, you need to armbar them. You need to put them in their place. And I'm like, I don't want to like almost hurt myself, especially coming off an injury. I'm like, I don't want to accidentally hurt myself trying to deal with that. And also the situation Keely's talking about, we know we're going to be there for probably another hour of do of doing, doing that competition those intense training those style of roles where even if we're not in for the five minutes we're still going around around and working passing on top of that we are going to have to roll we're going to roll with people getting ready for competition so we are trying to do what we feel is like the safest thing. So like for me, one guy I did armbar because I'm like, you know what? No, you, like, I'm going to armbar you. But like what Keely said is they were just coming at me. I'm like, go to side control because mm. I see who you are going to have to deal with next. So <laughs> being a, a female, being an upper rank with your experience in your size, what are your thoughts on that? Or like, how would you approach that situation? I mean, it sounds like y'all are doing the right thing, you know, because you know your, you know your capabilities, and it's like if you're dealing with an injury, that kind of thing. Maybe, maybe like on your good day, you could get the armbar, or maybe like you're dealing with an injury right now, and you feel like you know it would be too much to like pull your hamstring or whatever kind of thing. <clears throat> so. I feel like if you're still giving them, I don't, I don't know how y'all are doing situationals with the pass, like, like is it like pass sweeps? Like, hey, just make it. like, we're still giving them resistance. It's not yeah. like, like going like a limp noodle being like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it was like, well, yeah. I was there and the guy could tell I was like getting fatigued. So he's like, okay. And he approaches me slowly. And then once I try to get some sort of guard on him, he like jumps on me. And I was like, you know what, dude? Go to psych and you're going to him next. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's trying to figure out how to handle those situations for the longevity of training. Yes. Um, Yeah. So I went and I trained one weekend and it was rolls. And I had been rolling nonstop, didn't have a break. And here comes this fresh, like, white belt. <laughs> hey, you want to roll? I'm like, sure. And so I was just like, I already knew what I was in for. I, I was already gassed. <laughs> and so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to work my defense. If they pass, they pass. But you know what? I'm not going to let, like, freak out or try and um like give them anything so I can still work my defense and you know keep myself safe and they're still working to try and get something um but so it's just sometimes it's like that's that's what the role is it's not as beautiful as you want it to be you know or how you want it to go but um you're still using jujitsu to protect yourself. So do you feel that now since you're a black belt, there's more of an expectation of like, I just can't like the, I can't where it's like, I can't, I can't let them like, I know better. I should do this and getting over that obstacle of it's jujitsu. You can, or you can't, it doesn't matter what rank you are. And it's also it's each person at a different spot like you said some of us are injured some of us are not some of us feel great some of us feel like we've been here for five hours i want to die yeah 
so sorry, my dog's kind of like. <laughs> um, so for myself, did I have those expectations? Like I should be doing this or, um, like, do you yes. feel that now that you're black, but you put more pressure on yourself to feel like you have to perform a certain way. Yes. And no, <laughs> uh, it's kind of weird. Um, because I feel like sometimes like, oh my gosh, I should be getting this. I should be doing this. What, you know, um, and then other times I'm like, you know what, <laughs> I've been training for this long. Like I know it kind of almost gave me like this confidence. Like I know the fundamentals, <laughs> I know I can shrimp, I know I can, you know, do all this stuff. So, um, in a way I do kind of had that, have that pressure on me, but in a other way, I'm just kind of like, you know what, it, it doesn't even matter anymore. <laughs> like, it's kind of like I'm black belt. <laughs> so I mean, you know, I don't, I don't know, and I'm sure like there will be like days where it's super hard, and I'm just like, I'm not a black belt, <laughs> you know, or whatever. But um, uh, going into the competition recently, like as a black belt, and it was gonna be my first like. Um, black belt competition first time going against a black belt uh I was like I was kind of nervous but I, I was also like you know what I'm just gonna go out there and have fun and I knew I had trained and prepped the best I could leading up to it and I mean it felt really good <laughs> um. I do know that I have another question. Well, okay. Well, first, no, I don't have your question. No, but before that, I just, I just, I was reading, got a text from David going, remind Jessica, I can roll with her now without any restraint. Yeah. Because that's something to look forward to. He'll just sit on me. That's what he did to us. I know. That's a threat. I'll sit on you. Well, he, <laughs> he sits on you, and then with one hand, he has his phone out recording that he's yep. sitting on you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so do you feel that you have different expectations to meet being a female black belt over the male black belts? And another question, because you are a small female black belt, the, the difference between being like a, you know, like you, okay, so there's you, let's say you and David, right? There's, there's <laughs> so we have, we, have a, we have a tiny Asian <laughs> versus a large black man. <laughs> this is like a great comparison right now. <laughs> because the funniest part is that the large black man taught the tiny Asian. <laughs> yeah. But as far as like what you need to do, and the reason I'm asking this is because I have a friend, one of mine and Keely's old training partners and he's a friend so if he's listening Farbod this is oh, something that he when he asked him. he asked David this and I thought it was a really good question because he was like you know you're big and you're a badass and you're a black belt so when you have some person who comes into the gym and is like you know what I bet I could beat up every you know that like the 
but I don't want to say I was going to say I was going to say don't say cliche crossfitter because you realize I'm a crossfitter no now. just like the cliche <laughs> dudes that are like I want to fight UFC the meatheads like, the meatheads I was a wrestler in high school 10 years the ago <laughs> the guys that have something to prove where they're like I'm just going to walk into a martial arts gym and have something to prove the where challenge. you've got someone with David who's like no, like it's nothing that is like a little a fly that he's just swatting you know <laughs> but then there's you who's a small female and you have that black belt around your waist and you know there's a certain target what expectations do you feel or maybe not that because if i go to farbod's question it's more of like what do you do when you're a smaller black belt and you have those people do you send them off to like gym enforcers like <laughs> the bigger dudes or you know what what's your approach with that does that make sense what I'm trying to ask? Yeah, so I am pretty uh, picky with who I roll with. Like if I know, um, if I feel like they're, if I can kind of read their intent, if they're going to hurt me, that kind of thing. Um, I definitely try and just like stay away from them or just be like, no, I'm done. Like there's been several times like, where training partners were limited and it's all the, you know, big burly guys. And where I was just like, look, it, you know, I'm just, I've drilled, did the class kind of thing. Now it's time to roll. Okay, well, I'm gonna go, I'll, I'll see you later. You know, like it, it is what it is. Like, I'm not gonna put myself at risk or try and hurt myself, you know, trying to prove something, get that training in when, you know, I want to come back and train the next day, <laughs> you know? So, um, and it took me a really long time to kind of figure that out too, is like, that's, you know, that's okay because that's, you know, it's my, it's my journey, <laughs> you know, it's my training. So, um, a long time, I really thought I had to roll with everybody. I had to train with everybody, you know, just like if it was a new person, um, I had something to prove, like I belong there kind of thing. Um, and then after a while I was just like, you know what, I've been here long enough. I don't have anything to prove. <laughs> So that's kind of how I feel about that. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense because I know those are, I mean, we both have the goal of getting black belt one day. Like we're going to get to that point. And I'm like, I don't want to, I don't even want to deal with those guys now. Or they're like, like, what? <laughs> like, you know, like I, it's not that I don't want to because I like yeah. part of me knows I can, but there are some points where I'm like, I have nothing to prove to you. I've been doing this for almost yeah. two and a half years, about two and a half years you're there's big dudes here that can handle you I'm not yeah well that are we're in the awkward stage of there's a couple of instances and she probably knows who I'm like some of the people I'm talking about before I even say it where they want to roll with me because they want something to prove and they keep asking for me and I'm just like <laughs> you're gonna go balls to the wall and try to hurt me I don't want to roll with you and the couple of times when they've been like, hey, you want to roll? And I've just been like, no, I don't want to roll with you. Then it's caused disrupt because they're like, well, who are you? You're only a purple belt to say no to other roles. And it's like, I think of like, in my mind, it's just like, it's going to be so much easier when I'm like a brown belt or black belt to say no. 
because then they're like, oh, you're the, uh, like, you are the upper rank. Mm -hmm. And they kind of respect that a little bit more. They're like, oh, you, like, you know best. And then I'm sitting here like, I don't want to roll with you for the same exact reasons. But the fact that I'm a purple belt, they're just like, well, you're only a purple belt. Why are you saying no to a roll? I'm trying to help you. And it's like, no, you're not. <laughs> yeah. You're not trying to help me. <laughs> so, and so it's just a matter of like learning how to handle those situations because if we're in a class and David's assigning people to roll with each other, yeah. he knows what he's doing. Oh, yeah. Like, mm -hmm. He'll be like, I'm going to have you roll this person because I know you can handle that. And I've talked to him about it. Or he's like, I wouldn't have put you with that person yeah. if I didn't think you could handle it. And he did. And so learning to do that versus like an open mat where I'm like, I'm not, I'm not touching any y'all. Like, <laughs> stay yeah. there. Like, it's, yeah, it's definitely different if, like, your instructor is, like, assigning the roles and that kind of thing, and that's, I think, just where, you know, you have that open communication with them, and I know that David is great at, you know, pushing you, you know, to your limits and, um, like, keeping, and keeping you safe at the same time mm -hmm. um, kind of thing. Whereas open mat, it's kind of like. <laughs> so, and I know like this is, this is definitely like my last question before we kind of switch gears. Because um, we got sidetracked a little bit. Yeah. Especially coming back from not being able to train in the days that we're like, we really want to roll. And maybe it's like a Saturday and there's only an open mat. And we've made plans or like one of us can't go or somebody's out of town. And we get to open mat and we see the group. And it's like, we so desperately want to roll, but we know we shouldn't roll with these people. And you're conflicted or it's like, should I leave so I don't get hurt? Or should I stay because this is my only time to work? How do you handle that? Do you feel like you have more of one situation than the other? other? Do you feel like you're like, nope, got to walk out and you just bounce? <laughs> or, um, or do you kind of like, <laughs> to see if somebody would roll with you and stuff? Uh, so I would still try and just pick, like, the best person if, like, you know, I've gone to this, I'm here, you know, it's like, okay, well, I can probably still get something out of it. It just, I would, I just have to know, I have to be careful with whoever I'm rolling with, like, if I, you know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> So yeah. on that note, the so. <laughs> big reason why we wanted you on the show, because we, I mean, we'd talked for weeks since we started the podcast about like who people we wanted to interview, talk to, and we briefly talked about it the other day and it hit us whenever you had just had your first black belt tournament for AGF. And it was, you were, are one of the few people I know that has competed at every single rank. Some people you talk so to weird. and they're like, oh, I really competed just at blue and purple or I just competed as a white belt and I didn't like it. And they never did it again or a lot of the people drop out before they ever get there so i just want to talk to you about what are some of the changes you felt going into each rank because like black belt you were like oh this is going to be a little bit different have you noticed that either what you're worried about or any of your fears and hesitations going into that next competition has that changed over time mm. No, <laughs> I've always, well, like, it's just always been kind of like, ooh, am I, you know, am I ready for this kind of thing? 
uh and then like when I get there it's like oh yeah okay well <laughs> you know so like hesitations like, yeah time. yes <laughs> so I guess like uh like right when you get promoted you know it's kind of like oh am I ready for this belt like to kind of like step into this new role or whatever and oh, so somebody promoted me to blue belt and I had to look at with Ashley seven days later and she got her purple belt the next day maybe then what? <laughs> what was that I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> so better you do know I flipped David off when I got my purple belt right <laughs> for those, yeah. of, those of you that are listening gave me my blue belt I was what eight months in she promoted me to blue belt and I took her off <laughs> and cried. Aww. Good times. It's funny too. I didn't cry, but I took him off. I feel bad because, like, I, I said someone was coming, I think. You, okay, I took him off vividly. So, I think we were going to have, like, a visitor at the gym. You said, you said visitors because it was both Christy and I. So, I told us. Like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, she was like, yeah, I've got some visitors from out of town, some upper rank females that are going to come in and train with y'all. And then it was- I had to make sure y'all were there yeah. for class. Wednesday class. And we did class. We thought they were going to be in class. So it's like almost the end of class. And she's like, hey, my friends are here. And she like popped out to the front and I'm sitting on the mat. And she's like, yeah, I wanted to introduce y'all to our upper rank females <laughs> that are visiting. Held up with that. Keely. <laughs> I'm kneeling on the mat looking at the door and I just yeah. <laughs> she was like the first blue butt I ever promoted and she flips me off. <laughs> David promoted you to purple, what he did. So it was after the King and Queens. I knew something was coming up because they told Brian. Brian <laughs> for two days was like, Are you gonna be at the gym? Are you gonna go to the gym? You, you said you were going to be at the gym. What time are you going to be at the gym? And I'm like, I go to the gym every day. And all of a sudden you're questioning me why I'm going to the gym. This was after I competed with Iva. Iva won. The next day we get to class and out of nowhere, Cody's like, I need to go over some of the things from class with you, from what you did yesterday. And I'm thinking he could do this anytime and he's doing it during warmups. Okay. We go in the corner and then afterwards, David's like, yeah, Keely, you need to sign in. David doesn't give a shit about signing in. <laughs> It's a roster where it has your name, your belt rank, yeah. and then how many classes you went to. And I was like, he does not care. <laughs> I go sign in and it says purple and he's holding it. <laughs> oh. The funny part is before class, I was holding the clipboard. <laughs> I was handed the clipboard and I'm holding it for like probably 10 minutes. And he comes up and like snatches it out of my hand. And I was like, that was rude. I brought it for you. <laughs> Never realizing it said it the whole time. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> and I also oh. If I ever get brown and black belt, I don't know if the tradition is <laughs> or if I would be kicked out. <laughs> well, David, well, David has to do this. Yeah. Hey, stop. I'm not going to lie, pardon me. <laughs> I had in my mind where I was like, so I was like, 
I'm not going to get my purple belt because he's going to figure out how Jess and I are going to be in the same area when it happens. So in my mind, I was like, it's yeah, like Atlanta. I was like, it's going to be IBJJF Atlanta. It's going to be something that we're there together. I was like, he's going to do it when she's near. Oh, I didn't know that was coming. He did tell me that. See, <laughs> like it's happening. Me. Yeah. Um, okay, back on track. So. <laughs> You said when you're competing, those like same fears and hesitations you had never changed. So approaching each one, did you feel like as a white belt, you're like, I've never competed before. So, you know, just white belt stance where we <laughs> grab each other's collars and dance and like a middle school day, like middle school. Um, but, as, <laughs> but as <laughs> watching white belts compete is the most stressful thing you'll see. Okay, I hate watching white belts compete. Not because I don't like I white belts, I just, it's stressful. <laughs> so that's, <laughs> okay, I gotta ask, how was it coaching me my first tournament? Because remember, I had the panic attack, and you're like massaging my forearm. <laughs> every day. It was, you, I will say, you were probably one of the, like, easiest person, like, that I've ever had to, like, coach. <laughs> I was like, because you just did it. And then I was like, well, you're, you're there. <laughs> well, remember, because I realized once they said kombat, you didn't do the hand slap. You just, <laughs> yeah. So I reached my hand out and she just like pulled me right into her car. <laughs> just very nice, very pleasant. I think about, I think I've good. done that one other time, honestly. <laughs> you know, it's been really stressful to coach. Because oh. <laughs> she doesn't listen. <laughs> I'm probably one of the least. No, we've got a lot of stubborn people at our gym. And with David, I don't know what it is. He'll tell me to do something. And I'm like, David, I can't do I can't, it. Yeah. <laughs> God, I'm the only person who's yelling yeah. at in class is everybody's trying to drill. And I'm like, David, I cannot do this technique. Like, I'm out. I don't know. Oh, but then I tell you to do something. And you're like, okay. okay. And I, I use the same words. <laughs> I tell her to do something. I mean... She's like, okay. that's funny (laughs) so okay two-parter how do you feel coaching white belts and blue belts (laughs) it's like how how do you approach it other than Uh, everyone knows you say breathe play your game because i say yes every episode (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> breathe the player game <laughs> and I try not to say anything uh like when I'm coaching them that they wouldn't like they haven't already heard Secret. like I don't want it to be something Secret. like new like yeah <laughs> <laughs> like I don't want it to be like go for De La Hiva and like they've never seen De La Hiva or they've only seen it like one time kind of thing so I try and stick very closely to like what they're used to doing and what they're used to doing already kind of thing so it's been a it's been a while since I've actually coached someone um but that's what I try and do is try and stick closely to things I've already said 
when you feel like you coach yeah. the most, do you feel like that's kind of like a rite of passage at a certain rank where it's like they seem to be coaching lower ranks a lot more and then you're like, I'm going to go watch these matches. Like you go deal with them. <laughs> um, I, th I mean, I think it's really like, so I've been doing like uh, private lessons with um, one girl who's getting ready for um, AGF and Jackson. And so if everything works out and I can make the tournament, then I definitely plan on coaching her um, unless like she wants someone else to coach her kind of thing. Um, but I feel like if for the most part right now, I've just been kind of like um, training between two gyms. So it's kind of like if they want me to coach, then by all means. But since coming back and like going to the tournament, um, I was just kind of pretty much watching and everyone had their like main coach. Um, but so, yeah, I think it's just like if you're already kind of if you're an assistant instructor and you're with that group or the that person that's competing all the time and you're there then for sure like hey I'll, i'm gonna coach you or whatever for me and like for me looking for a coach i'm just like someone just yell at me okay that was, that <laughs> just, was for the question is, do you feel okay. like your coach is the same or do you feel like it's more like a these are your points this is your time left um yeah i would like i just like yeah someone to tell me like I'm doing great. <laughs> or like, don't do that. <laughs> David. Yeah. At one point, Charlesy, who's now my teammate, and I are competing against each other. And he's like, Keely, do this. Charlesy, don't let her do this. Yeah. <laughs> That's really fun when you're when you have like two people. Do this, don't do that. <laughs> I think do the complete opposite. Jessica coaching moment, and you probably don't remember this. There were two light belts. It was at an AGF Jackson, and they were in the gi. And there are these like two behemoth guys, and they're going at each other. And she just runs up and goes, You both suck, and then <laughs> runs off. <laughs> I don't remember this. <laughs> it was the first AGF I competed at. I had to have known them. Or else I would not have said that. <laughs> no, they went to the gym. It was okay. I was, was like, I would have never said that to like people I didn't. Know. I'm trying to remember. No, they, no, they were like two of the. They were two of our guys competing against each other because they were the only biggest guys. There was like one. Oh, other I think I know who you're talking about. Uh, one was Chase, and it wasn't Nathan. Man, who was it? It was a big guy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I, I remember standing there cause I was recording and I just remember you showing up and like leaning over the little partition telling them they sucked or like here's just suck, something like that. And then like taking off because I was going. Bye. Bye. That's funny. Uh, so in terms of competing, was there a, a rank that you felt was either your best competition? Like I know black belt, you don't really know yet, but previously that one was like, you felt like a competitor at a certain rank and you didn't feel like a competitor at another rank or like that was when you kind of hit your stopping point where it's like you had a little bit more losses because blue belt, I felt really good. Purple belt, not so much. 
So did did you experience something like that or like early on into a belt, you felt like you lost a lot and then you picked it up? Yeah. And that's pretty much how I felt like at like every promotion you have like this, like, yeah. And then like you compete and it's like downhill and then you have to work your way back up and then you get promoted again and then it's downhill again. Um, so Blue Belt was probably, like, my favorite, I guess, belt that I competed at, because I competed a lot. Um, White Belt only competed, like, a few times, um, but Blue Belt was probably my favorite, and then, I mean, there, I had, I had some good moments at Purple Belt. (laughs) So I feel like with Blue Belt, you need to say, you need to go over your worlds at Blue Belt story. Okay, so I got, I got selected to go to Worlds. Uh, I won a trip, and so I get there, and I won my first match um, by submission, I think. I think it was a choke. It was either by a choke or points I can't I won and so I get to the bullpen and David's there and so we're just waiting around for like my next match or whatever and we're like you know it's been like this long and I was like those were people that were in my bracket also (laughs) and so we get up there and we realize that the um green coordinator had made a mistake and forgot me (laughs) this was like my first time out to California I was like by myself you know David was there he had met me up there and all that stuff and but I was just like what and so they tried to go back and be like well you could go against this girl, but she was already, like, even if she had lost, she would have placed third, and so she was like, no, I'm not, you know, I'm not gonna give that up. She ended up going on to win the entire thing, (laughs) and I was just, I was, I couldn't do absolute because I didn't place, because they forgot me, (laughs) um, and that was that. They, IBJJF ended up giving me um, a year's worth of free registration to all of their tournaments, um, which was funny because, like, there was at the time probably nothing going on. There, like, we probably had the Atlanta Open, mm-hmm. and uh, that was it. That was closest to us. But I was very fortunate to. Um, have an amazing sponsor that uh, paid for a plane ticket to go to New York. So I was able to compete there. And um, after that, I I competed a lot, I guess. And then I went back to Worlds, but I got promoted at Purple Belt. So (laughs) that like (laughs) nixed my chances at anything. (laughs) But yeah, I think my favorite part is just she would always be like, well, guys, I'm defeated at Blue Belt World. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So I always think of that. And I'm yeah. like, we had to share the story of undefeated Jessica. Yep. There is like a meme or something. 
<laughs> he's like, has it. oh my gosh. He just yes. has like a vault with all these memes. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, but that was fun. Um, there any belt you wish you would have competed more at? Because you said that you competed a lot at blue belts and you felt like that was your really good competitive belt. Is there another rank that you wish you would have been able to compete more COVID permitting? <laughs> Yeah, probably brown belt. A lot of like crazy stuff happened. A lot of life happened when um, after I got my brown belt, uh, I got my brown belt in like the summer of 2016, and then I moved in like 2000 at the beginning of 2017. And so, I mean, I did compete a lot, but I didn't compete quite as much as I did like in my previous belts. So I kind of wish I would have had that chance. I really wanted to compete at Masters Worlds, like at Brown Belt. Um, and because that was like going to be my first year, um, but I didn't. So that's kind of like my next thing that I really want to do. What belt were you at the longest? What belt was I at the longest? Um, purple belt, maybe? Well, maybe white belt. <laughs> I was say, you gave me like so much hope for like oh, I'm stuck here forever. <laughs> I, I remember feeling. I remember being a purple belt and thinking I'd be stuck at purple belt forever, which I was okay with because I really liked the color purple and <laughs> I felt we got uh, both like it was. It was a good. You and I were working well the other day, and they were like, <laughs> you can always tell who the upper rank is, and I was like, <laughs> once you've gotten past white, you're a Power Ranger. You have to wear yeah. your color. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think I remember whenever you got your brown belt, you were like, but it's like poop color. Yeah, it is. <laughs> that was, uh, I don't like, yeah, I didn't really get anything brown <laughs> for that belt. When you, so since purple belt was your longest belt, was that like your hardest belt too? Or did you struggle with like blue belt like everybody else does? Or did you struggle more as a purple or brown belt? Hmm, that's a good question. Jiu-jitsu wise, not like with also like. Yeah, yeah just jujitsu. <laughs> <laughs> where you're um, like, I'm gonna quit, or like I've cried the most in my car after training, like the like <laughs> now me now she knows i actually i actually trying not to cry on the mat wednesday night i know well i felt bad because i was like david wednesday before we i mean you answer your question because we keep like interrupting you but we trained really hard on wednesday we've been training really hard we really have and wednesday wasn't necessarily a breaking point because it was like for you but you <laughs> it was kind of like you get your ass kicked so much and you're like, I got to keep doing this. Like, I got to keep coming back because it's like, yeah. I'm start. but we were really, really pushed. Like even the black belt who taught the class was like, hold on guys, I'm going to throw up. Just, <laughs> I had he to was, go outside to bend over. I was like, I'm going to die. Kiwi, <laughs> I've never seen her look like that where I'm like, oh, I'm with my okay. She's like, yeah, I'm fine. Like, People were pale. We thought we were all going to die. <laughs> <laughs> you've, got a, <laughs> you've got a lot of upper ranks who are just pushing each other because they're getting ready for tournament. But we really pushed ourselves. And I was like, David, 
we trained really hard on Wednesday. Keely almost cried. Because <laughs> 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 apparently that's her judge of how bad a day is. But it was like, but it wasn't that. I was like, David, and usually she rushes to like want to change her clothes. We couldn't do that. We were like, all of us were laying on the mat being like, oh <laughs> my God. Like it was just so intense. So that, I mean, that's how our training's been lately. And I'm like, I, I know I need a drill. I don't want to roll. I'm like, I don't need to be rolling right now, but, um, were you going somewhere with this? Yeah, no, it just goes <laughs> to, like where she raised her hand and she's like me, like where you're almost crying in the car where it's like, like for me, blue belts just, it, it's pissing me off. Like I'm at that point where I'm like, <laughs> I see where I need to go. I just need to figure out how to get there. I see it. I see it. <laughs> so it's like what belt was that for you or do you just experience that at like every belt I think you experience it in some form or fashion at every belt um I feel like purple belt was probably the hardest just because like so white belt you know your white belt um blue belt I always felt like it's it's great because I knew enough to like I'm a blue belt or I didn't know enough because I was a blue belt <laughs> so it gave me like a lot of like I felt I guess room to grow and then purple belt I felt like okay now I really have to like start refining some things and figuring out like what is my game? Like what, you know, how do I want to start, you know, working on my jujitsu kind of thing? And I mean, you're always constantly working, but you always have like a little strategy, you know, of like where you want to go. And so you start refining those things. And then I think brown belt, you really start really refining those things. <laughs> But that's just my opinion. <laughs> um, also, uh, like training from from like white to brown, it was, you know, like our black belt instructor was two hours away for us. So it was really hard to kind of figure that out like and not have someone say this is some of the things that you should be working on um so it was kind of like <laughs> trial and error <laughs> still is <laughs> but yeah so so especially at purple and brown did you have a lot of moments and I say this because it like these are some of the things that I'm dealing with right now and I don't know if it's normal or not where it's you keep going I should be able to handle this or if you have a spazzy white belt and some days you can handle and manage them really well and some days not so much because you might be trying to work on something else and you're like I should still be able to protect myself or like the other night I re-aggravated the neck injury and it was one of those like I should I know better I should be able to handle this. I'm a purple belt. Like I should be able to, and I know rank doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. Technique is technique, but just the mindset of being like, why am I a purple belt if I can't still protect myself from getting re-injured? Do you have that a lot or is that, is that normal? 
yes that yes that's very normal and like there's some things that I will still find myself in like why did I even let them you know grab my sleeve or like you know just you know stuff that I know better but maybe at the time like I was thinking about something else and I wasn't paying attention or you know whatever's going on but <clears throat> I definitely still have those moments yeah, yeah. so that's normal so if because you've been through all these stages we already know things that white belts need to work on just ask ask your instructor like just get through that show up yeah just show, show up, up. <laughs> yeah. show up and train right um so when it comes to that blue belt stage people like what is like one piece of advice you give for people like me like so i'm gonna ask you for small women you know we train with bigger guys because i'm I mean, the white belt guys are giving me trouble right now and not the white belt guys that are aggressive and coming in because usually I can, I can handle them to an extent where I'm like, Ooh, I want to deal with you now. But the ones that have ranked, the ones that are getting closer to blue belt, they're now getting to the point of where I, if they're hard, I can't tap them. Um, and, you know, they're sweeping me more. They're passing my guard more. So being a blue belt and going through that right now, hold on, you can mute it. Okay, okay. sorry. Yeah, the garbage <laughs> <just goes> <laughs> so, so I was like, right really awkward in the background. I don't even know how to edit this out. <laughs> so being like a blue belt right now and being smaller and just going through that, because I'm really trying to let my ego go away because I do like to compete because I know where my, I can really see myself in my jujitsu through competition with women within my size and my rank, which is really cool. But, you know, in the gym where I'm dealing with this and I'm like, oh my God, like they shouldn't be passing my guard. They shouldn't be sweeping me. They're a lower rank. I'm trying to get that out of my head. What is, if you were me, what should I do being that female and being smaller or like, where should those things that I need to work on be? Like, what should that be? Do you know what I'm trying to ask you? Like, what would you say? You're like, like you're a blue belt. Just this should be your focus right now. Okay. Okay. Um, so how do you just start with that? <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's so hard. There's we went on like, a journey. I wish I was strong. Like, I'm like, I wish I had some weight on me. I'm like, I wish I had 20 more pounds on me. I wish I was a little taller. <clears throat> if I had that, then it's like, no, I'd be tapping people more, but it's like, that's not the point. You know, like, I'm like, no, I, I can say this. Is. I'm 20 pounds more than you. It does not work like that. <laughs> that people more. It is, they're going to be meaner. I was just <laughs> trying to figure out as a blue belt. I'm like, what's my main goal as a blue belt right now, rather than just work on everything and get better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I refer a whole bunch to Jiu-Jitsu University. Um, <laughs> the, I have a copy. <laughs> yeah, that's what that is like the best uh, Jiu-Jitsu book that I've ever read. <laughs> um, and it, re it really just breaks things down by belt level. And so like, I think what white belt is survival. And that's exactly what you're doing. You know, 
even though you're learning all these techniques and learning how to escape and all that stuff, that's basically what you're doing at, at white belt. And so blue belt, I think is escapes. Um, and so that you're, once you've learned to survive in those positions, you're learning to get out and then starting to counter and all of that. And then purple belt is guard, I think. <clears throat> I think and so well-rounded. It's the developing different guards to handle different situations. Mm -hmm. And so that's where like that whole guard or tension, like I think came in for me. Um, <clears throat> and so that you, and it's, it's not exactly like, okay, blue belt, you're working just on escapes, but you start finding yourself, you know, working to get out of like positions or, or working to transition. And so you're starting to build those blocks for like working guard or tension and stuff like that. So when you see your, like when you're rolling with people who are starting to pass your guard and stuff like that, you're going to find yourself working harder to maintain that guard attention or working on sweeps, stuff like that to start countering. So I think I don't know if that helps. <laughs> no, it's, 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 I was going to say, it's helping so, me. Right? So like, uh, <laughs> it, it feels like, you know, we're in this constant battle in the gym where it's like, I'm here, I should be tapping everybody. I, if you have a rank that's lower mm -hmm. than mine, I should be tapping you. But it doesn't work like that. Like, it really so you, doesn't. You have that mindset, and then I'm in the mindset of like, I don't care to tap you. Yeah. You know, we like, we're kind of on two ends of the spectrum right now, where yeah. it's like, I know sometimes where you're like, no, I'm going to submit them. And I'm just like, who cares Yeah. if, if I get a tap, who cares if you tap me? I'm or, in, I'm in the weird middle child. Yeah. Where I'm like, I, <laughs> yeah, I'm existing. Yeah. And, and it's also that flip to where I'm like, you shouldn't tap me because you're a lower rank. You, you shouldn't pass my guard because you're a lower rank. Like I'm, no, I'm seeing that. <laughs> and I've gotten there too, where I'm like, yes, I've been like, here, take my arm. Here it is. Do yeah. it car, and they still do it. And I'm like, I yeah. the situation, you know, but trying to figure out what my intentions need to be with training now. And it's, I, I feel like it's like, I can see it, but I'm not there. Like, how am I supposed to get there? So that's definitely helpful because sometimes where I feel like my ego's getting the in the way. I'm like, I'm gonna let every white belt in here get me in a really bad position, like almost to where I am gonna tap from a submission. Can I get out of their submission attempt? Can I get out of their mount, their side control? Can I take their back and maintain their back? I'm trying to reorient my goals that way because sometimes it's like, no, the intention's not to tap every lower someone who's lower than you or you know, not let them tap you. What is it I should start now working on so I can grow and develop within this belt and then move on to my next belt, my next goals? Because you get into that sprint mentality over that marathon mm -hmm. mentality. And that's what's really frustrating, I think, where I'm at. It's also very difficult when you are competing a lot and then, like, you're also, I mean, you're training jujitsu also like there's there's a difference because when you're competing and you're training to compete you're working on like your a game and so then when <clears throat> like 
if you're always competing, and I found myself doing this at when I was a blue belt, like when I competed a lot, like I didn't have a lot of time to just kind of like, just learn. I was always working on like competing and working on that A game. And so I think maybe that was for me why purple belt was so hard. Um, and so I had to kind of like, chill out and be like okay so i'm competing this date i'm gonna work on this this but i also need to focus on learning something new and working that into my game and how am i gonna do that kind of thing and put that in there so it's a it's just it's really hard i don't say it's really hard but it's just kind of hard to juggle the two competing all the time and I mean like there's people that do it really well but for me I was just kind of like Bleh. okay so it's normal <laughs> yeah it's normal because it, yeah it where it's like I want to compete and do well and the girls that I'm losing to are fresher into purple belt and but they have that a game and they commit to that a game and that is their only game like they don't deviate from it and that's what's feeding me because it's they're committing fully to it and then I feel like I'm all over the place being like but I also want to learn this and I'm trying to clean up this and I like yeah and I think the more I think the more you compete to the more you find yourself so like you'll play your a game but then they're gonna do something to counter it and so then you start finding yourself working those the, like the other parts of your game like b and c and all of that stuff yeah so, so now that you brought that up sometimes when we're training to compete we're usually like specific training i need to start in this guard so you're working it so it's like they can't pass your guard and it's usually because like i'm on like the whole training for competition yeah <laughs> well it's usually like if we're in that kind of group we're in like a similar size group well with some variation in our ranks and then Sometimes when we're in the gym and we're rolling and we're doing everyday training or if we're at an open mat, you're doing jujitsu to protect yourself sometimes depending on who you're rolling with. So it's like, hey, Misty, I think you can handle that guy. Keely, I think you can handle him. And so we're not in competition mindset now. We're in like self-defense. Like, mm -hmm. what am I going to do if some dude like this actually attacks me on the street? Like, I'm not going to do De La Hiva, like a <laughs> sweet, like See, my mindset was on when we're training to compete, we search, like we search for the upper ranks. Like we're traveling mm -hmm. to go work with black belts. You are one of the few in the like the few female black belts in the area. So when you are training to compete, how do you approach that? So, <laughs> so I just try and find training partners around my size and um for a while that was very difficult so i felt uh i wouldn't say um sometimes like my confidence level wasn't like as high as it should have been but i just kind of like trust my training um because there's been lots of times when I would go into a competition and I didn't have 
higher ranks to train with or people like my same size. So it was just a matter of trusting the training. If that makes sense. That sounds very like, <laughs> I don't know, vague <laughs> and just, uh, I don't know. No, it makes sense but, because if you're in an area that's a jujitsu mecca, so you've got places like California or Texas, and David brings this up all the time. You know, when you're on the West Coast, you're going to be around a lot of people, your rank, your size, you know, you can train and you can train to compete with, you know, but on the East Coast, it's, it's, it's hard. You know, it's, we don't, we don't have that. So we're doing what we can. Or if you do find someone that. It's even harder in the South. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or if you find someone, you're like, you're my weight, you're my rank. We should be perfect partners. And then you don't vibe. Yeah. Or it's like one person's like, I don't want to compete. I don't care. I don't want to help. Like, I don't want to yeah. care. So it's like, you can still have that perfect person. And it's like, I don't have enough to choose from. Yeah. Because sometimes it's like, hey, I need to train to compete. I need you to help me get ready for competition training. So you, we, and I, we've done this for other people where some of the girls that we really do our competition training with, they're MMA fighters. So when they just need the grappling part, we're like, hey, yeah, I'll do this. And whatever positions they need to work from, we'll get there. So, you know, our ego's out of the way where I'm like, no, I'm here to train for you. Like, what do you need from me? We've got to do that more and it gets harder and higher harder when you need the people your size your rank yeah like the south so it's pretty much the southeast <laughs> <We're>, <laughs> yeah you know, like that with um each other's and other women but like our area we're we're pretty fortunate i think mm -hmm. with a lot of the females that we have that we can find like julie said our closest black belt female she's 30 45 minutes to an hour mm -hmm. away so we're you know fortunate to have that um, I just imagine like you and Caitlin rolling together because your styles are opposite. <laughs> Whereas like your yeah. style is actually more like her fiance CJ where he does a lot of like the open guard work mm -hmm. and then she does a lot of more of like wrestling, controlling takedowns, like single legs. So it's like I can just imagine the magic. This is so fun. <laughs> See, and I want to train with you too, like, because I'm like, it's a black belt and she's small. I'm like, I just need to see where, what's going to happen in the future. So she's small, but she's small. Like she's taller than me. Really, I'm five seven. Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> um, but yeah. So that's where, like, I guess for me, one thing that I did do a lot was like I would travel to train, and like seeking out like girls and geese events or like going to camps. Um, you know, Rachel Cassius in Tennessee, she puts on an amazing um, women's camp and she's also she also competes a lot and so that's really cool to kind of have that um, vibe because some training camps like are more um, self-defense focused you know kind of thing but um, and then so it's really awesome to find when like that's geared towards competition and you do get a lot of roles in and learning technique and all that stuff um, but yeah, I think traveling to train and finding, seeking out those training partners um, helped me a lot too while I was coming up in the ranks. Yeah, that's important. For sure. I feel like that's a good spot. Yeah. Do you have anything else you want to add? I mean, this was 
a lot. I know we were all, but I, I, I personally, I could just keep talking to you for a couple hours. I told I you I could ramble on about jujitsu. So I was like, I don't know, maybe we should do a part two. But, this is a very valuable conversation, especially for females that listen to us because we have like white belt females that listen to us and I think it's really helpful and like for me to talk to you too to talk to another female black belt and ask questions because everybody has different experiences so it's good to you know collect the knowledge from those experiences do you have anything else you want to add or anything you feel that's important um I guess, I, I guess not. <laughs> um, no. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you all for tuning into our episode. We're definitely going to have Jessica back on a couple more times, probably because we have a lot of questions. Yeah. But stay tuned. <laughs>